following podcast has not been rated. You're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fapt, and here is your host, C.J. Newman. Hello everyone, and welcome to The Fapt Podcast. As the voice prior to me speaking said, my name is C.J. Newman, and I'm going to be your host. I'd like to uh, give a special thanks to everyone out there who has been supporting this podcast, all the subscribers that I have, and uh, everybody who's been listening to the first two episodes. So, the first episode was with Tyler Forness when we went over the Minnesota Vikings. Then we had last week with uh, Recliner QB talking about the Dallas Cowboys, and that one was very special for me because I got to do it with my buddy Chef Chad Wells as my co-host. So big thanks to all, but both of those guests and then Chef Chad Wells as well for coming on the show. Just putting a bow on that. It was a great episode last week. Got a lot of good feedback. Working on uh, getting some of these technical details out of the way and trying to make this a better show for you every week. Every week we're going to get better. It's, it's all there is to it. So this week I've got a uh, gentleman coming on by the name of Dano DeMano. He is a Jacksonville Jaguars fan who lives currently in Denver, Colorado. He's got a bit of an interesting story as to how he became a Jaguars fan. So, without further ado, I would like to take this opportunity to hand the microphone over to Dano Tamano for his story on the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, welcome back to the Fat Podcast. I have on the line here Dano Tamano. Dano, how the hell are you? Wonderful. It's an amazing Saturday. It's Saturday, right? Yes, it okay, is Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, it's a good day. Any day above ground is a good one. What the hell did you do Friday to not think it was uh, Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We don't have enough time. Let's stick to football, all right? <laughs> yeah, good, good point. Uh, good point. Yeah. So uh, you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Um, yep. Or wherever they're going to be next year. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it might be uh, the London Jacksonville or the London Jaguars or, God, where else are they talking about going? Well, they're probably going to they got to rename themselves the London Silly Nannies if they're going over there. I think they'll probably change their name to the London Beef Eaters. Ooh. ooh, ooh. ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be interesting. Well, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be in Team Limbo because I pretty much – I can't say I hate every other team out there, but for the most part, I don't like them very much. I mean, I'm not going to be a bandwagoner. I'm not going to be one of these people. It's all of a sudden an Eagle fan now. So, no, I just can't do that. I'll have to figure something out if they change your name. Well, look, I was in Team Limbo myself back when I was uh, – I'm 29 now. When I was a kid, we didn't have a football team here. It's uh, – the local teams here were the Washington Redskins, Pittsburgh Steelers were the closest, and then uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I didn't want to root for any of those. So I, I was kind of <laughs> in a situation like you were growing up to where I had to be different from everybody else. And we'll go over your story about that in just a moment. But, <laughs> okay. Um, I, I actually rooted for the Green Bay Packers when we didn't have a team here. Really? So, yeah, I was a uh, I was into Brett Favre, uh, just like my co-host from last week was. He was a big Brett Favre fan. I was more of a Steve Young guy, but I liked the actual team of the Packers instead. Yeah. So, um, speaking of which, you live in Colorado. Yep. You're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. And I get a bunch of shit for it. How the hell did this happen? 
Well, see, I originally come from Alaska, right? And uh, Alaska is a, uh, a hodgepodge of team loyalty. So um, it was right around the time when I was actually getting into football, um, you know, when they were talking about expanding and uh, they were going to put a team in Jacksonville. And I was like, oh, I got a little connection to Florida. And uh, I was like, what the heck? I think I'll make that my team. So I've just been a fan of that team since 95 uh, and just stuck with them ever since. Tell me, what is your connection to uh, Florida? Oh, I've got some extended family there. That's going to make a lot of sense to a lot of people why I'm so crazy. But, yeah, yeah I got um, I got cousins and aunts and stuff like that. And everybody in the house is either a, a Buccaneer fan or a Dolphin fan. And, uh, yeah, I just had to be the weirdo. Went with the expansion team. So it makes uh, family reunions really interesting. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Um, oh, yeah. Now you say you've been a fan since 95, you said? Yep. All right, that's yep. that's the year they came in the league. A little right. known uh, story about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have a little bit of a tie to them myself. When I was a kid, uh, we were lobbying for the Jackson, not for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but the actual expansion franchise itself here in Baltimore. There was a plan put together for the Baltimore Bombers, believe it or not. That was the uh, name that they were trying to get. And then Tagliabue shot it down and ended up choosing Jacksonville and Carolina as the expansion teams. So we almost ended up with what your Jaguars were as our Baltimore Bombers. But uh, I think in the end, it ended up working out for both of us. We ended up getting teams. I'd have to agree. I think the the Ravens are a much better choice. (laughs) Yeah, or uh, or the original recipe Browns, as some people like to call them. Yeah. Well, the, they went with the Ravens because of uh, Edgar Allan Poe, right? right? Am I mistaken? That is correct. They uh, they decided to rename the team. It was actually more of a leverage move from um, uh, Art Modell to try to get out of Cleveland without as much hesitation as possible. He decided he was going to let them in Cleveland keep the, the name, the rights, the history of the Cleveland Browns, and then he actually... <laughs> He left it up to the city of Baltimore to name the team. So in the Baltimore Sun here, one of our newspapers, they put a uh, an advertisement in there. I did not personally vote for the name the Ravens. I wasn't a fan of it, and I wasn't a fan of the color purple. It's grown on me. I'll give you that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there was a there was a three different team names you could choose from, and the other two were escaping me at the time, but they ended up going with the Ravens was the end-all-be-all end name for that team. Well, thank God for that, especially they're wiping their hands from all ties from Ohio. I mean, come on. Everybody leaves Ohio, from what I understand. They don't ever want to go back. <laughs> yeah. So um, here in, in Baltimore County, there's a uh, we have a, a septic residence where all of the uh, fecal matter goes to called Dundalk. So we were wondering uh, <laughs> we were wondering if the team actually ended up in Dundalk, would they be the Dundalk Browns, and how horrible would that be? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, the Dundog Browns. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. All right, sorry about that. I got off on a tangent. Yeah, 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 no worries. The, uh, the Ravens here, <laughs> but um, let's go ahead and talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars here, and, and let's stick with this whole Denver conversation. So you moved to Denver how long ago? I moved here in, in 2012. 2012. Uh, has it been good to you ever since uh, this Ravens Super Bowl year, I guess it was? Absolutely. I uh, I really like Denver as, as a town. Now, um, being a fan of a rival team, well, not really a rival team, just any other team in the town of Denver. I mean, you stick out like a sore thumb, of course, because everybody around here bleeds orange. It's always Broncos this, Broncos that. You know, I, I think I know more about the, the Broncos than I do Jacksonville at this point, because any conversation at work always starts with, oh, what's Elway going to do this year? Oh, why is our quarterback situation so horrible? Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Jacksonville got Malik Jackson, you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, usually 
is how it goes. Now, it's it used to be a rivalry, believe it or not. Some, a lot of people don't know this. I'm oh, sure yeah. you do. Um, oh, yeah. I, I stick it in their face every chance I get. I'm like, yeah, remember that time when my team, my horrible team, knocked you guys out of uh, playoff contention? But, yeah, that happened. <laughs> but what happened the next year? Oh, we got our asses stomped by them. <laughs> Just now, absolutely destroyed. Remind me, who was the quarterback there at the time? Mr. Brunel. Mark Brunel, yes. He, uh, Mark was, Brunel. he was the left-handed wonder from what I remember. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, he was probably really one of the better left-handed quarterbacks I'd ever seen in my life. I apologize. I'm stepping all over you here. But uh, yeah, yeah, I remember him uh, and the two wide receivers th- that they had there, the Jimmy Smith and uh, Jimmy Smith and uh, Keenan McCardell. Yes. And McCardell, I think, ended up going to the Buccaneers and he ended up getting his ring yeah. there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that team all together. And then, oh, my goodness, there was a running back there, too. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, it was going to be Natron Means. Yes, that that was a uh, that was a high powered offense. If only that team had a defense like they do today. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Well, they uh, they did a number on the AFC. So uh, I mean, they had their time. I think they really could have gone all the way if they would have played a better game against Tennessee in '96. Yeah, they would have made it to the Super Bowl, and I think they might have won it. But um, you know, that's just the past, and it unfolded the way it did. So you know, it is what it is. I'm just glad I've got a team that's put together now that's actually looking like it's going to win. It's a relief. It's so, been a really hard 10 years. <laughs> funny you mention that. I actually just seen that game not too long ago where the Titans ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. That was a pretty close game. It was. Yep. So I, I wouldn't be ashamed of that whatsoever. It's kind of like in 2011 when the Ravens went up against the Patriots. They're, they lost by three points, and it, it was there was no shame in the game. I mean, it kind of sucked how it ended, but... Yeah, you were hanging in there. You weren't getting blown out. It, it was a good. It was a good game to watch. Believe it or not. Yep. And the better team won. As much as it pains me to admit that, the better team won. Yeah, that that year, and then they ended up getting their ass kicked. Uh, well, not necessarily kicked. They they were on the way back. Uh, Steve McNair, or Air McNair, God, I, I'll never forget that team. And believe it or not, Ravens used to be in the same uh, division uh, as the Jaguars and the Titans. So. That's true. We had a bit of a rivalry going on there with the Titans at the time, and the Jaguars always came in and at least took one a year from us. We typically split the uh, rivalry with you guys. Yep. Um, yeah, Eric McNair going in there, Eddie George. Yeah, I remember that year very well. Uh, Steve McNair ended up being our quarterback in the end um, for the yeah, that's right for the last bit of his career. Unfortunately, his his life passed a bit too soon. Yeah. Um, back to the Jaguars. Hey, <laughs> yeah, we, we got the fabulous flight. Thanks for reminding me. I was having a good day until you said that. Yeah, that's a jab in the ribs. I'm sorry. That's uncalled for. My fault. We'll get the shitty quarterbacks in a minute when we talk about Blake Bortles. <laughs> but um, let's, oh, yeah. uh, let's go back to the uh, Jaguars. Uh, tell me, who's your favorite Jaguar of all time? That's a really hard one, you know, and we talked about the gruesome twosome with uh, McCardell and Smith. Um, I got to give it up to McCardell. I mean, the guy was just amazing. Jimmy Smith is right there, too. But, um, you know, Fred Taylor and uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, I mean, they're in there, too. I mean, my God. Uh, um, I actually work with a guy that's personal friends with Maurice Jones-Drew, so I'm like, dude, I want to meet him. And he's like, no, done that. Done that. I'm not doing it any anymore. <laughs> too many people just get, like, starstruck and can't talk. I'm like, yeah, I can understand that. I wouldn't want to put you, you know, your relationship with Maurice Jones-Drew in any sort of jeopardy. But I love the guy. He's a hard-running motherfucker, man. Oh, my God, he's great. I mean, at least get him to give you an autograph. I mean, for Christ's sake. 
Well, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to push it. If it if it happens, it happens. Cool. But, uh, you know, if it doesn't, no big deal. I've got plenty of Jaguar stuck in my house anyway, so it's all good. But um, by far, our best quarterback was Brunel. I could agree with that. Um, and I like your Cardinal, McCardell uh, pick. I was personally an MJD fan because of the fact that I every time I had a chance, I picked him in fantasy football. So oh, yeah, always, until his last yeah. couple years in the league, he always gave me some damn good points. I was very happy with him. Yeah, all my friends would pick Maurice in front of me just to piss me off, and it worked every time. Yeah, like, why are you guys doing this to me? I mean, oh, because he's your buddy or he's your he's your boy. We know you like him. I'm just like sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you all. Well, the joke was on them if they chose him in the last, like, two years of his career. Uh, well, they, they got wise, and they left him up on the board, and yeah, I wasn't going to pick him because, yeah, after, you know, one knee and the next one, it's just like, yeah, the writing's on the wall. Mojo's on his way out. MJD or Fred Taylor? Oh, God. Oh, man. I'll go with MJD. That's that's interesting because uh, Fred Taylor is getting some serious consideration for Hall of Fame. Oh, he'll be in there. I, I have no doubt about that. But so will MJD. Fred Taylor had such a quietly good career. Like it, just because of the fact that he was on the Jaguars, he, he got stashed yeah. away there, and nobody really yeah. talked about him too much. But he had a great career, in my opinion. Nobody really talked about the whole team. They're just like, oh, okay, uh, the. Vikings are playing who this weekend? Jaguars? Who's on that team again? Oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Vikings will win. That's pretty much how it's been. <laughs> I think the most relevant, up until this year, uh, don't get me wrong, this year's been great. Uh, up until this year, the most relevant game I remember was actually against the Denver Broncos a couple years ago when they swore Peyton Manning was going to beat the living shit out of them. Do you remember that? The 2012 season? 2013, oh, yeah. I think it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, My I... I was pissed because uh, I was going to go to that game, and uh, I had to work, so I couldn't make it. But, yeah, I did uh, get the opportunity to talk plenty of shit to all the guys that I work with that are diehard Denver fans. I never miss an opportunity for that. I remember Pozlowski got a pick in that game. Um, pick six, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. But uh, th- I just remember reading an article. It was like a mock article earlier that week about how Peyton Manning was going to like throw left-handed, do some Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> things. But it okay, ended up being a, actually a pretty decent game. It wasn't as bad as people thought it was going to be. True, but, um, but I mean, that was when uh, Jacksonville was like, you know, downward slide. I mean, come on, we've uh, only been a little bit better than the Cleveland Browns in the past 10 years. Wasn't that Gus Bradley's team back then, or was that somebody else? I know they've changed coaches a couple times in recent years. Oh, man, that was uh, 2012. That was, yeah, I think that was when Bradley first came on. Yeah, what a joke that was. Good God. It's supposed to be the, you know, the the Jesus of defensive coordinators just turned out to be an absolutely horrible coach. <laughs> yeah, I can remember him and the uh God, the the Miami Dolphins coach is escaping me at the time. I forget his name too. But um the only one worth mentioning? Don Shula? <laughs> no, the the coach at the time in twenty twelve. Um both of them just seemed like the type that like, if they lost, they would take their teams out for ice cream afterwards. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, they're just so soft. It was just horrible yeah. to watch. But um, yeah. 
I, I, I don't. I'm not even sure where is Gus Bradley even working nowadays. I'm sure he's a defensive coordinator somewhere. Yeah, he's the he's a defensive coordinator for God. Who was it? Somebody like the Raiders or something like that. I don't know. I completely lost all interest as soon as he left the team. I mean, gosh, I lost all interest in Gus Bradley when he was the head coach. It's like, okay, when is this guy going to leave? Finally, take David Caldwell with you. But. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Caldwell ended up being okay in the end. I mean, as long as you got your two head coaches there uh, going. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Yeah, but my two head coaches. It's not it's fucking kind of... fair. It's not cool. <laughs> oh, I don't care about fair. Fuck fair, all right? I want to win. So, yeah, I've got two head coaches, and I love it. As soon as I heard Tom Coughlin was going to be involved in the team again, it was like the renaissance, you know what I mean? I've got visions of Jacksonville from like the mid-1990s. I'm just like, yes, finally we're going to pull our heads out of our asses and start doing some, you know, smart drafting and some some good play calling. And uh, you got Doug Marone in there who's like um, it's like the mafia, you know what I mean? They got the New York mafia, you got the Jersey mafia. And the Jersey mafia has always been subservient, right? They're, they're always like, you know, oh, we'll do what the New York guys say. And that's how it is. Tom Coughlin's the godfather, and thank God because he's really done a number on that team in just a year. In a year, he turned them around into Super Bowl contenders, and I'm loving every minute of it. Yes, and he did a great job last year. I was very impressed. I think the point where I realized that you guys were actually like, okay, I'm not fucking around with this team, was the London game last year where you beat our asses in Mm -hmm. that game. It ended up being like 40-7, to and it was a garbage time seven by the backup quarterback. Oh, yeah. So, uh... A lot of controversy surrounding that game in the beginning, but damn it, they came ill-prepared, and uh, your team came over-prepared. It was very obvious that that team was going to be something after that game, and I was not ashamed to admit that the Jaguars handed us our asses that day, and the Jaguars ended up doing very damn well for themselves for the rest of the year. I was happy with it. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, when your team has been, um, I hate to say it, mediocre for the past, uh, I don't know how many years, it, it, was uh, good to, it was good to see them finally step it up last year. They were terrible. They were terrible. They were just a little bit better than the Browns. Don't don't mince words. Don't sugarcoat it. They sucked, and it's okay to admit it. I'm, I, I admit it. I came to peace with it, so. But they're not right. the Browns. They're not that bad. No, and that's the only thing that I could tell people. Oh, yeah, your team's horrible. We're not the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, tell me a little bit about this draft this past season. I see you at pick 29, you chose uh, Taven Bryan, a defensive tackle out of Florida. Bryan. Yes. My God, that, that guy, what the heck, he's a, he's a value pick at this point. Um, he's kind of like uh, the, the Jaguars are, are thinking long-term. And they've got some some contracts, and they've got some uh, some free agents that are going to be coming up here really soon, and they're they're hedging their bets. Basically, Taven Bryan was going to be a great addition because he's a young guy. He's going to be able to learn from two of the best out there, Malik Jackson and Calais Campbell. And uh, I mean, come on, who wouldn't want to develop a defensive lineman, you know, a defensive tackle with those two guys as a mentor? I mean, this guy's going to be a beast if he could pick up just a little bit of talent, a little bit of experience from these guys. So yeah, um, once the uh, contract time comes around. I think we're trying to, uh, you know, hedge our bets and have some cash available for guys like Yannick, whose contract is coming up. And gosh, we can't lose him. Oh my God, I don't want to use lose Yannick and uh, Jalen Ramsey. I don't want to lose Ramsey, but um, that's uh, that's what that move was about. And um, you know, the the draft. Honestly, I think they did well. I think they did well. I think they could have done a little bit better, but honestly, I'm happy with what we got. I actually want to play a game with you. Um... I'm going to try to do this every week from now on. It's going to be called Fuck You, Pay Me. Uh, so, um, 
<laughs> anybody, right. the eligible players to play in this are anybody who has been on the team for at least a season. It doesn't matter if they're on the rookie contract. It doesn't matter if they're on their third contract. It uh, doesn't matter uh, what type of situation they are, if they hold out, if they can find their entire amount, if they get cut, uh, whatever. Tell me, who on the roster right now do you think should hold out and say, give me a new contract, regardless of their situation right now, that has been playing for at least a season? Oh, man. This one's an easy one for me, but I'm going to let you pick. Uh, my God. It's got to be on the defense. you, you got to pay Yannick. you gotta, I like you got to pay Yannick. I like yep. Yannick. Um, however, I would probably have to say Jalen Ramsey. Yes, believe me, his name came up in my brain meat too. But um, my God, uh, we can—I ah, shouldn't say it. Like, oh, we can find another corner. I was like, I don't know. I don't think we can find another Jalen Ramsey. But um, yeah, they're—they're going to have a real hard decision coming up real soon. I wouldn't want to be the guy sitting in the room going, "Okay, do we pay Yannick or do we pay uh, Ramsey?" Uh, yeah, it could definitely go either way, but um, I don't know, man. I like that beef up front, and we got a good thing going on with uh, Boye, too, and uh, Gibson. <sighs> I think we could lose Ramsey and still be okay, but I don't want to lose Ramsey either. Right. I, I could agree with that. Now, I'm looking at your depth chart right now. Did Dante Fowler fall from starter status? Dante Fowler's got some issues going on right now. Um, and yes, he did. Um, as far as um, him actually panning out to be a good decision from uh, as high as we picked him, so far he hasn't been worth the money. So, uh, yeah, they've got, a, they've got a tough decision coming up with uh, Dante Fowler. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they let him walk. Have you heard of Rashad Perryman? I have heard of Rashad Perryman. Is he Isn't your equivalent there? Uh... Possibly. For Perriman has been on the field all of about mm, maybe 50 snaps and has just been drop-a-palooza as far as a wide receiver. So that's been our bust of a first-round pick in the past oh couple God. years. Drop-a-palooza. How about we mention the name, Marquise Lee, Mr. Stonehands. And like, that's like, that's Mr. Uh, current starter right now very much. Yeah, unfortunately. But I see him losing his starting position. Uh, we got uh, two young guns that are coming up right now, Dante Westbrook. We got the our second round pick, the DJ Shark. I could uh, I can see one of them knocking Marquise Lee out because let's be honest here, the guy has been dropping balls left and right. He's been needing to make big plays and he just can't do it. Now um, you would think that the the window would be open for him to really make something out of himself now that uh, the Allen brothers are gone. But uh, I have no faith in his ability to catch the ball under pressure. I just – I don't. I'm sorry. If uh, it comes down to like a, a third and four and they're going to pass, oh, God, they're going to give it to Blake Wurlson. They're going to let him pass it, which is a, a scary situation for me to think about too. But, I mean, you, I, I can't see an offensive coordinator calling a play to Marquise Lee. I mean, yeah, you've got the four net in the backfield. Let him run it or um, – catch Mickens or Cole on the, on the side, you know, uh, and, and throw to one of them, but you don't throw to Lee. Not if you need something to happen, you don't throw to Lee. <laughs> All right. So your off season has been very interesting. Speaking of Blake Bortles and the, uh, the brothers, the Allen brothers, uh, tell me what was your reaction first? What happened to the Allen brothers being let, uh, just letting them walk. And then what do you think about the Blake Bortles contract? All right, well, let's get started with the Allen brothers in, huh? So let's go with Air 15, Allen Robinson. Um, I didn't want to see him go, honestly. But um, he made uh, 
he made it known that he wasn't interested in playing in Jacksonville anymore. And I don't deny the man's talent. The guy is an amazing receiver. So do you hold on to a guy that doesn't want to be there anymore and pay him? Absolutely not. You let him go. I have no hard feelings against Allen Robinson whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I hope that his career explodes and he does amazing with Chicago. I'm going to keep an eye on it because I think he's going to do great things for Mitch Trubinsky in, in, in Chicago. I'm, I'm going to be happy if he makes some really big plays to him, too. I'm also going to be happy that he's not going to be in our division. So you go for it, Allen Robinson. <laughs> Hats off to you. And, and uh, Alan Hearns, uh, my God, I would honestly have liked to have seen them keep Hearns over Lee for the reasons I just mentioned, okay? Alan Hearns, I think, is a, a guy that a no-name is almost a walk-on to the team, and he exploded, and he earned his spot. He earned his money. So I think that a guy that has heart like that and determination and has shown time and time again that, yeah, get the ball close to the guy. He's going to make a big play for you. I think they should have kept him instead of letting him go to the Cowboys. I can't disagree with that. That uh, I was actually surprised to see both of them go. I thought you guys would at least have a chance of keeping one of them. But uh, I was kind of sad with uh, Alan Hearns last year with the ACL issue, especially since I had him in fantasy football. It was a bit of a yeah. it was a bit of a letdown. But uh, don't forget, also you have Dante Moncrief coming onto the team. That's right. We've got a veteran receiver coming from, uh, of all places, the Colts. <laughs> I can see him doing big things. So I can see him taking the starting spot from Marquise Lee. I wouldn't be surprised that at all. He's but there is the X number two. There's the X factor, Blake Bortles. Which Blake Bortles do we get this year? Do we get Blake Bortles from 2016 or do we get Blake Bortles from 2017? Um, they've done a lot of uh, um, in-between seasons work on his mechanics. And from what I understand, everybody's saying, oh, he's improved, he's improved. Well, that's great, but we've heard that a couple years now. And after this contract that he's got, which is very team-friendly, by the way, um, I see that if he doesn't step up into that leadership role, if he can't handle his mechanics and start making better decisions, he did great last year, but he's got to do it again, and that might be the problem. I don't think he can do it twice in a year. So um, if he doesn't come around, I see Blake Borrell's taking off. Now, I am personally looking forward to seeing if Blake Bortles were to start to falter whatsoever. There was a under-the-radar move made this offseason. I'm sure you're aware of it, but not many people know. Cody Kessler was acquired by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not sure what you guys gave up for him, but I personally like Cody. I think he's a good, decent got him in a trade. You got so, him in a trade. I think he's got a good chance if Blake Bortles is the falter of taking over that position. Yep, I agree with you. And we got that uh, that kid in the fourth round, who was the third round, um, the quarterback from the Nebraska, Lee. Tanner Lee, yeah. Tanner Lee, yeah. He's a he's a big guy with a big arm, and um, he's he's going to probably wind up uh, playing in the practice squad. But if they develop that guy right, he, I think he can be huge also. I can't disagree with that either. And you got him in the sixth round. That seems like a hell of a bargain for you guys. Um your past two drafts, your first round picks have not been sexy pictures. Uh, <laughs> sexy picks, I should say. Um, yeah. The positions have been defensive tackle this past year and running back. Now, those are some of the lower-end positions that you don't typically take very high in the draft. Uh, you wait until like, your third, fourth, or fifth round. But i, I got to tell you, your first-round pick made a difference for you last year. How can you leave Leonard Fournette up there? I mean, come on. That guy was going to go I think, top 10 easily. Of course, of course. But, I mean, a runner like him doesn't come around very often. 
I just hope that they don't use him up prematurely. All right. Yeah. I want to see this guy, you know, they've made some moves in wide receiver. Great. Hopefully they're going to take some stress off of him. They've got another uh, uh, fullback in the, in the backfield that they can, you know, bounce in between two. And that's great. I just hope that um, they don't use this kid up. I don't want him to, you know, go down with a knee or, you know, wind up being another, you know, dare I say Jones drew, although Jones drew was great, but I mean, they used him up. And that was really horrible. I think uh, I think Jones Drew's injuries really mounted up there near the end, and it cost him his career, which could have been a lot longer. So, are you looking for a running back by committee approach? Is what you're getting at? Yes. I think that would probably be the best way to go, but still giving the bulk of the carries to Mr. Fournette, just not necessarily all the carries. <laughs> yes, yes. Give the guy maybe <laughs> a little bit of time to get some oxygen back in his body in between uh, plays. My God. <laughs> the he guy's did, a beast, though. He did get a little bit of an injury bug last year for a little bit, but uh, he was able to turn it around and come back in the playoffs and have a hell of a run going on there. Yes, he did. I couldn't have been happier. We actually had a running game for a change. It was great. Yeah, it's it's been a couple of years uh, since the NJD days. Yep. Um, Chris Ivory, if I'm not mistaken, is is he still on the team? Or no, I'm sorry, oh, it's TJ Yelton. TJ Yelton <laughs> is there. Um, he was a decent actual uh, acquisition for you guys. What two years ago? I actually appreciated uh, TJ Yelton as a running back. He got some points for me when I had to drop one of my running backs that uh, got injured last year. I might have been suspended. I I had Ezekiel Elliott, so. I had a couple of games where I had to put somebody out there, and TJ Yeldon was available. Yep, and he's still on the team, and uh, Chris Ivory, thankfully, is not. <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't mean to bring up any uh, bad, bad No, 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 no. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. I'm, just, I'm glad to see the guys that aren't stepping up take off. That's makes me happy. Who's your favorite player of all time? Oh, my God. Favorite player of all time? Uh, probably going to have to go with Maurice. MJD, and so he's yeah. your favorite Jaguar and your favorite, uh, well, you're not your favorite Jaguar, your favorite Jaguar, you said it was Keenan McCardell, but uh, uh, MJD is your favorite player of all time. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. See, see when, uh, when you get in conversations as a Jaguar fan, it's always going to be a conversation about two guys, Fred Taylor or Maurice Jones-Drew. So I have talked so much about Maurice Jones-Drew. Yes, he's my favorite. Nobody back, nobody remembers McCardell or or Jimmy Smith from back in the day. I mean, every once in a while they get, hey, uh, you guys had uh, Mark Brunel. He was pretty good. Yeah, but usually it just goes to those two guys. And it's kind of sad because it really overshadows the talent that that team had. I mean, does anybody remember Matt Jones? Remember Matt Jones? I don't, but I definitely remember Keenan, <laughs> and I definitely remember Jimmy Smith just because of the fact that we have a Jimmy Smith on our team now who's a cornerback. But um, I definitely remember those two giving a shit fits back when we were in the same division. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and so did Matt Jones before he started having a cocaine problem. Six foot seven, great hands. Oh man, he was a great tight end. But yeah, he decided he wanted to get high instead of playing football. So, yep, he was a good player. His loss hurt. Decision, unfortunately, yep. and it's it's costing them a lot. Yep, it sure is. But yeah, right. Mount Rushmore. Uh, give me an executive, an owner, two offense, two defense, and a special teams. Oh man, I, I have to go to the list for this one because my brain is a piece of crap in. Um, yeah, I'm not going to remember all of this stuff, but uh, for a team, for the best owner, best executive, honestly, I'm going to go with the two-part approach because owner and president of the of the team, I got to go with Art Rooney way back in the day. This guy basically <laughs> $2,500, and he started the Pittsburgh Steelers, $2,500 back in the, the early 1900s, okay? 
and he developed that team and grew it into a powerhouse. He finally uh, stepped down in 1974 and, and uh, you know, gave it on to the rest of his family, and they have since been the team that they are, just a <laughs> rock'em, sock'em, blue-collar football team, man. They just they go out and they do work, and I, I just – Art Rooney, that's my pick right there. Ah, the best offense. I'm uh, going to give it up to the St. Louis Rams back in the year 2000. They were just killing everybody. And they had uh, Kurt Warner throwing that ball. Uh, nobody could stop him. It's no wonder why they won the Super Bowl that year. It's, well, I was getting at uh, offensive players. If you can give me two offensive players that you can think of. Oh, man. <laughs> It could be quarterback, uh, running back, that? tight end, whatever you wanted, wide receiver. Uh, was, uh, my God, it was Tory. We Tory had him Holt? on uh, Tory Holt, yes. That guy, he'd get down the field and, and Kurt Warner would just hit him. It was ridiculous. He was a bird. Uh, he was good. He ended his career with Jacksonville. You give him a little bit of props. <laughs> he was he was definitely a burner. He can get around any DB he wanted to. Um, him and Isaac, it was God, that offense was amazing. So I guess you liked uh, you like Kurt Warner as one of your guys, and you like uh, Tory oh, yeah. Holt. Kurt Warner, Tory Holt. Oh man, I can yeah. I can go on. <laughs> give me two defensive players for your Mount Rushmore. Oh man, defensive players. Let's go with the let's go with the 1985 Chicago Bears and the Fridge. Number 72, that guy, <laughs> gigantic, massive, massive man. Now, if you want to talk about that, he was put on the offense a lot more than he was on the defense, if I'm not mistaken. They didn't rotate him in very often, did they? No, they did. He carried the ball for a touchdown once or twice, but uh, should I screw that up? I think in 85, that was the year he got drafted, but he didn't start. I think they rotated him every, every once in a while, uh, the fridge, that is. But he definitely played after that. He was definitely an integral part of being on the uh, Bears, and especially that 86 that was statistically better than the uh, 85 team. Um, but, yeah, the fridge was definitely uh, – he's a WWE Hall of Famer. You believe that shit? No. <laughs> <laughs> William Perry, a WWE Hall of Famer. Yes, he's a WWE Hall of Famer. I find that hilarious. He, uh, it was the celebrity wing, obviously. I, th- I think he actually ended up having a match in, in the early WrestleMania days. Um, I know Bam Bam Bigelow ended up fighting uh, Lawrence Taylor. So they had a football thing going on for a little while. It was, it was pretty funny. But, um, I remember that. Right, uh, so. I never really watched too much wrestling. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm still a big wrestling fan nowadays. I'm a big wrestling mark. Uh, if you're... <laughs> You're on the Skype camera here. You see, I got two championship belts back here. One's the undisputed title, and one's the uh, smoking skull belt from uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin days. No kidding. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of uh, that. Still these days, I I'm, I bitch a lot about it, but it's it's still part of my house. Um, so you're an 80, 85 Bears fan. Um, yeah. Who's your favorite special teams player of all times? It could be a kicker. It could be a punter. Devin Hester. Uh, you know what? That's a good point. Good. I didn't even get to say punt returner or kick returner, and that's that's actually very good. What really pissed me off, De- uh, Devin Hester, though, was as you know, he was a Raven for his last season here, but he did not do very well with us. So when we cut him, he ended up going to Seattle and lit it up in Seattle for the playoffs. Of course, mm-hmm. why couldn't you do that here, Devin? He was just calling fair catches, fumbling, and doing all sorts of crap here. And then he goes to Seattle, and he, it's just like he was back on Chicago. 
know, maybe he was just unhappy with the situation in Baltimore. I really didn't know any, any more about it than that. But uh, well, if, you that live, like, if you had to live in Baltimore, you'd probably be upset, too. I, I understand. Oh, that. Come on. Baltimore is not that bad. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you get outside of the city, it's great. Like if you live in Baltimore County like I do, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't go down to the city. Yeah, if you love your life, don't go down to the city. <laughs> That's good advice. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Um, Who do you feel has the best roster right now in the NFL? Oh, my God. As much as it pains me to admit, I'd have to go with the the Rams. They've got got an amazing balance of everything right now. They that are team. loading the cannon. My goodness, yeah. and Dominica Sue they signed in yeah. there. Um, did, did, didn't they? No, they don't have Watkins anymore. Who was the other guy they got? They no, they got Watkins. Did, did, did he just acquire him? Um, they got him last year. They just didn't use him very much. No, he he ended up uh, leaving. They ended up getting another guy who got drafted the same year. Um, I'm going to look that up real quick. Uh, yeah, sure, I'd like to know, too. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, Robert Woods. Is he on IR right now? Cooper Cup was also great. Brandon Cooks, that's who it was. He just ended up getting a big contract. So I think that was actually uh, a pretty decent one. Watkins ended up going somewhere else. I think they ended up just letting him walk. But um, Jared Goff is starting to develop there. I can understand that. Personally, I think the best roster, minus quarterback situation, it's got to be the Jaguars right now. You guys just keep getting better. You you had you kept damn near everybody except for your wide receivers, and even then you've got some pretty decent ones to backfill. If you can... absolutely, but it's missing that one piece, the X factor, Blake Bortles. I mean, that's all good. I mean, it's like having a Ferrari with no engine in it. All right, I mean, we gotta. Well, I mean, it's kind of like a lug nut being missing. I mean. Uh... Everything uh, else is good. You can run around Blake Bortles. He did well getting you guys to the, all the way to the AFC Championship game last year. It's kind of like having a busted lug nut. Okay, that I'll give him that. All right, maybe it's not so bad. We have all the pieces there, and we just need a few more tweaks, and hopefully we've got a you know a functioning Super Bowl ready team. Like Malik Jackson said, we're going all the way this year, sixteen and zero. As, as good as that sounds, I just don't see it happening. It's been a while since somebody done 16-0 in 2007, and that didn't end very well for them. But, in Jacksonville's uh, history, usually it's been 0-16. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's a little dyslexic. I think they uh, – didn't they – the highest they've ever done was like 14-2? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, 1999. That was yeah, a season. Yeah. Yep. That was a season where uh, the Rams ended up winning that one in St. Louis. Yep. But – um. <laughs> Let's see here. What else do I have to cover with you? Where do you see this team going, man? I see us definitely taking the AFC. Yes, I said that. Right. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Patriots Nation. Fuck all of you. I see us taking the AFC this year because, uh, I mean, we did it last year. Uh, Miles Jack wasn't down. And uh, thanks to to the referees blowing the whistle too soon, yeah, they they missed out on that that seven points it would have taken them to the Super Bowl. That was some bullshit. I remember that. I was pissed off watching that. It's odd how all the bullshit always happens in Foxborough every single time. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's like there's just a floating asterisk just all over that stadium. It just uh-huh. it really irritates it me. Goes one way. Trust me, I uh, I feel the pain as far as the uh, the asterisk and the New England Patriots are concerned. I think that uh, 
that that definitely was was kind of fucked up. Very. Uh, I'm not really happy with the, <laughs> the outcome of that game. It was damn near. It was really close. Once again, another one of those close note, but no cigars. Maybe you guys can get to the Super Bowl. I do wish you guys um, the best. I don't believe in luck. Luck is for losers, but I don't think you're even going to need luck. This team is built for uh, going back to at least the AFC Championship if they can get by the Ravens, which shouldn't be too hard <laughs> at this point. Just based on – did you watch this week's game? I did not, unfortunately, had things to do. If Lamar Jackson's starting right now, we're screwed. That's all I got to say. But uh, Flacco is currently slated to be the starter, which I can't say is much better. <laughs> we're both in the same situation. You know, everything depends on what our quarterback's going to do. Yeah, I need him to channel his 2012 Flacco again just for one more season. Give me one more ring, buddy, before I die. When is his contract up? His contract is up in 2020, I believe, but we've got a uh, significant out after this year. We can uh, drop him with most of his guaranteed money out the window already. No kidding. Yeah, after this season is when we can uh, move on and go with uh, Lamar Jackson or RG3 or whoever we decide to keep on this roster. All right. Well, if um, if that happens, I'm pretty sure you won't be upset. <laughs> uh, I'll remember the good times, but then I'll try to repress the bad times. Yep. All right, man. I appreciate you giving me your time today. You've been a great guest. We've been going on for almost 40 minutes now. I really appreciate everything that you came on to talk to me about. Let's see if we can do this again in the future, man. Let's see if we can uh, later in the season start talking about how the Ravens are so much better than Jaguars. And uh, <laughs> Kidding, obviously. It's probably not going to be that way. Let's do it again, uh, let's do it again pre-Super Bowl victory for Jacksonville in uh, 20, 2019. Let's, uh, let's call it a date. All right. All right, man. Thanks for coming on the show today. Big shout out to Dano DeMano for coming on the show this week and talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was one interesting episode, and I'm looking forward to the next one. We're going to have a Cleveland Browns fan coming on who was converted to a Baltimore Ravens fan after the team moved. It took her a little while to uh, become a Baltimore Ravens fan, but hey, she, uh, she, she knows a winner when she sees them. So tune in next week for that. And thank you guys very much for sticking with me this week. I know the editing got done a little late on this, but better late than never. So till next time, I've been CJ, and this has been The Fapt.